Hey everybody, I am so happy to announce that this is the first official episode of my new podcast, The Power Is Mine. Thank you so much for anybody that's joining in. Thank you for the people that gave me the idea to go ahead and start the podcast. Thank you so much for everybody that's been supporting me along my journeys. Thank you so much for everybody who's been following and supporting me since I started my social media. I just want to say so many different thank yous. You guys, I just can't thank you enough. But today, our topic is, we're just going to dive straight into it, when you cannot stop self-helping. You guys, literally, 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 like, it is so funny to me that I, basically, I think it's somewhat of an issue, right? When you reach the level in your journey to where you've been reading all the self-help books, you've been watching so many different videos, you've been tuning into podcasts, you've been going on to YouTube, you've been following all the, the gurus, you've been looking at this, looking at that, da 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 and then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't stop. Like at this point, you're almost addicted to self-help situations, right? Whether it be the videos, whether it be reading, whether it be the podcast, you know, just different stuff. And one thing that I've definitely had to realize for myself is that at some point in your journey, you're going to feel like you fixed everything or you fixed all that you possibly could fix. And now you hit the point of isolation where you're realizing that You've done so much work on yourself and no one else is really working on themselves. And it's really saddening because I had to come to the realization and I watched the podcast yesterday from Jay Shetty. I love him. Oh my gosh, he is so amazing, you guys. I really suggest you go watch On Purpose with Jay Shetty. But basically, yesterday I was on YouTube and I watched his video with Kim Kardashian. And she was really saying that at the end of the day, you... Y'all, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) What was I trying to say? Okay, here we go. So she was saying that at the end of the day, you can't be mad at the people around you for not working on themselves or for not meeting you at the level where you're at and stuff like that. And I definitely had to realize a little while ago that if I have chosen to embark on a journey of working on myself, of trying to heal my traumas, of trying to bring those shadows to the light, like trying to let my lightness and darkness coincide, very yin and yang, right? If I've decided that I want to do that, that doesn't necessarily mean that the people beside me have decided that they want to do that as well. Or it doesn't necessarily mean that them seeing me do that is going to motivate them to want to do it. Because a lot of different people deal with their traumas, deal with their situations very differently. And it's not something that you can really be upset by. More so, I've come to the point where I'm saddened by it. Because I'll do so much work on myself to try to find the vocabulary, to try to find the compassion, to try to find the understanding to give to the people around me so that, that we can make headway with these situations that we've been in, right? And potentially um, trying to correct and heal some of the traumas that they've given to me. But when people haven't worked on themselves and they're not willing to meet themselves at a certain level and you're trying to do this with them, all you're going to get met with is contention. And that's definitely the level of sadness that I've faced because I've experienced it with family, with friends, even with like romantic type partners. If they are not ready to work on themselves, y'all, the sad thing is you cannot be mad at them. You cannot force them to. You can't make them feel like they're inferior to you because they haven't done it. Like sometimes people, um, there are so many different responses to stuff. So 
if you guys know the different responses to situations or stimuli, it's basically fight or flight and fawn. So everybody chooses to respond to their traumas or stimuli differently. And a lot of the time I would find myself upset because it would feel like I'm talking to a brick wall. Because instead of um, someone being direct like me and saying, okay, yes, I am part of this problem. I'm part of that problem. I take responsibility for my actions. I hear that you're taking responsibility for your actions. I hear that you're apologizing. So I apologize as well. Instead of being met with that, a lot of times I've been met with the people trying to convince me I'm crazy, people trying to convince me I have a bad memory, people trying to convince me that it never happened and I'm just making it up, that I'm just a liar. Like, but that's their way of responding to what they've done. Because a lot of the times people don't want to admit that they are the reason why you are hurting. People don't want to admit that in the moment that they inflicted that pain upon you, that they were being hurt by someone else. And a lot of the times I feel like it holds so true that hurt people do definitely hurt people. And it's very saddening because sometimes it's from a position where you're young and something is done to you and you turn around and just do the exact same thing to someone else as a learned behavior, not realizing that you're inflicting a pain on someone or you're inflicting a memory that they will have a hard time processing and understanding as they grow up with. So every situation that happens isn't inherently like terrible, but sometimes people don't want to acknowledge the fact that they were hurt or they learned a behavior from being taken advantage of by someone else because then that would have to take them admitting yes i was taken advantage of by someone else yes i did turn around and unknowingly do something to you that would inflict a pain on you that would inflict a bad memory onto you and i didn't realize what i was doing but when i came to the realization of what i did instead of confronting it instead of saying yes i did do that because this yes I did say that I did, you know, like stuff like that. They just rather pretend like it never happened. They just rather pretend like you're the one making it up, like you're crazy, like you've lost your mind, like you're seeking attention. And the sad part is when you have a level of understanding and the vocabulary to be able to communicate and be able to say, listen, I'm not angry with you. I just need you for me to acknowledge what you did so that I can move past it so that we can have a conversation and we can see where our heads are you know we can see where our feelings are so I can know that you are not a perpetrator that you yourself are a victim people won't do that for you because that would take them admitting that they're a victim and a lot of the time for a while um even I have it on my YouTube currently if you were to look at my bio on YouTube I say never a victim always a victor Sometimes it's okay to admit that you were the victim of someone. It is okay to admit that because it takes, oh my God, it takes so much strength, you guys. I I don't think you realize to go through a journey and to realize, yes, this happened to me and that happened to me and it's not who I am. It doesn't have to be who I am. It does not define me. I choose to be better. I choose to forgive for myself. And forgiveness comes in a lot of different forms because I have realized that I can acknowledge that someone did something to me 
and acknowledge that I'm no longer going to let it have power over me and still not want to speak to that person because that's what's best for my mental health, right? And then there's like a, oh, I completely forgive and I can keep being back around you and, you know, just act like it never happened, which to a level, it would just be, you know, pretending. And I've realized personally for me that pretending doesn't work. And I'm a person through and through, I have to bring things to the forefront. Like I have to bring it to the forefront because if I don't, it sits and it festers. And then a small behavior that you do might be reminiscent of that issue. And if I do not just tell you, hey, you did this and it made me feel that way. What did you mean by it? Hey, this happened between us. I can understand and I have empathy for you that something probably happened to you. And that's why you turned around and did it to me. But can you just acknowledge it and we have a conversation so I can see where your head is at? That's what works for me the best. Some people feel like ignoring it works the best. But when I ignore it, y'all, it becomes a blow up like when y'all seen on that damn live on Instagram. It becomes like a just every little thing is a bother. Every little thing is potentially a trigger. Like I have to talk about stuff, y'all. That's just me. I don't know about everybody else. But for me personally... (laughs) I got to talk about stuff because at the end of the day, if I do not get it off my chest, it festers. Everybody's able to deal with stuff differently. And when I was younger, I definitely used to compartmentalize a lot because I grew up with a mother, a single mother that had to be strong for her, for two kids, for a world that refuses to see black women as anything but strong. Like you, you cannot be anything but strong, especially as a single mother. Right. So growing up with my mom, there wasn't much crying. There wasn't much really talking about your feelings for real, for real. It would be like a uh, I'm upset, but it would wouldn't be any in depth. And my brother and I had this joke about my mom that she had something called motherly amnesia because any bad thing that my mom did. (laughs) she never wanted to acknowledge it she would act like it never happened she would tell you that she must be making it up she would tell my brother and I that we were ganging up on her I'll be like mommy seriously please don't act like you don't remember that whooping you gave me please don't act like you don't remember that thing you said please don't act like you I'm saying but some people get through situations by compartmentalization And the reason why I say I can give my mom grace in so many situations is because I understand the stimuli and the stress that my mom was experiencing by just being a black woman, by just being a single parent. Do you know what I'm saying? By trying to be a businesswoman, by trying to be this, by trying to be that, while being faced with nothing. But basically the world will consistently step on you, spit in your face, make you feel shitty, like try to make you feel like less than what you are it's actually very depressing it's very traumatizing and it it's so saddening that after a long day of the world beating up on you you have to come home and still try to be a good mom and it's hard sometimes and sometimes you're going through it and you don't want your kids to know that you're going through it so you might just snap and just be like oh get on my face oh da 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 oh da 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 and you might not even realize when you're kind of taking out your frustrations on them but it happens and it takes a level of growth and a level of you know what I'm okay with being the villain to be able to say yes I did inflict a certain pain onto you whether it be being a mother whether it be being a friend whether it be being a partner in a relationship 
a, a relative, it's very hard to come out of your mouth and say, yes, I did hurt you. And I'm sorry that I hurt you. And I hurt you because of this. Or I didn't even mean to hurt you, but I did. And I'm sorry for that. I see the pain that I caused you. It's hard. Y'all, like, listen, when I be talking about... Hold on, let me put my, my <laughs> customer service voice back on. Y'all, listen. When I talk about things with y'all, don't think it's just all peaches and cream. Don't think it's just all, like... Oh, this girl thinks she know this and know that. She read a few books. She thinks she better than somebody. No. No. Y'all, I used to compartmentalize out the ass. Like, I had... Listen. I had compartmentalization down pack. I'm going to have to cold switch back a little bit later in this podcast. Because right now, it just feels more comfortable just speaking my accent. But I used to have compartmentalization down pack, y'all. Oh my gosh, because you think my mom, after going out and being a strong black woman, wanted to come home and see me boohoo crying and talking about this, talking about my feelings? Hell no. She's like, why are you being a pussy? (laughs) She was like, girl, if you don't stop all that damn noise before I give you something else to cry about. You get what I'm saying? And sometimes it's not from a bad place. It's really just from a, listen, daughter, you don't even know the world that you about to face. I just want you to be strong, baby. Crying ain't going to do shit for you. You get what I'm saying? But that's all that she knew. Because she didn't have the comfort of somebody saying, yeah, go ahead, baby, cry. It's okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel your feelings. It's okay to walk through your feelings. Walk how you're feeling. Tell me how you're feeling. And we can work through it. Because I feel like a lot of people that were responsible for my mother failed her. I do feel like they did. And whether that was maybe not intentionally or not, I do feel like a lot of people um, turn a blind eye to a lot of things. And when you try to speak up about it, they, they try to turn the blame on you. Because how dare you call someone out for what they've done to you? How dare you, you make it be known that somebody is doing this or doing that to you? Right? So I think my mother's biggest objective for me was to make me a strong black woman. A strong woman, not but a strong black woman, you know? That was her biggest objective. So at the end of the day, there wasn't much self-help. There wasn't much talking about her feelings. There wasn't much crying. There wasn't much doing this and doing that. My mom made me read books and stuff like that because she wanted me to have an education and she wanted me to be able to speak my mind. But... Girl, speak your mind, but stop all that damn crying. So, basically, I feel like a lot of the time when you've gone on this journey, trying to heal yourself, trying to break these generational curses, trying to acknowledge what was done to you and what you have done and have the vocabulary to be able to try to talk it through and other people around you don't want to do that. They don't want to acknowledge what it did to you. They don't want to say, yes, I know that you're the reason why I'm the reason why you behave the way you behave. They don't want to say that. Y'all, you think my daddy, anytime I've ever tried to go to him and say, dad, this happened and that happened and it hurt my feelings, has ever sat up and said, yes, my daughter, I apologize. This man doubles down on every single thing he did. Every single thing. Like there is never out of his mouth been one apology. He says he's not going to apologize to me. And another big thing 
is that a lot of times you have to be willing to move forward in your life without the apology. Because you can extend someone so much grace, but someone can only meet you as far as they've gone on their life journey. And they can only acknowledge what they're willing to acknowledge. Because everybody's going through their own traumas and stresses. But if somebody feels like they can't even talk to you about the trauma that they were experiencing that made them behave certain ways towards you. (laughs) Baby, you ain't never getting that apology. You might as well pack it on up and keep on with your journey and say, okay, well, I'm leaving you where you at. I don't need the apology, but I don't have to talk to you either. And I've extended a lot of people so much grace, but there's a level. um, Like I said, there's levels to every freaking thing, y'all. There's a level of extending someone grace and then realizing that they don't <laughs> they don't even want to meet you not even halfway. They don't even want to meet you a quarter of the way. Like my biggest thing I've realized and sometimes I, I read so much different stuff and I guess it could come across like pick me when you're just willing to do this and willing to do that, willing and you just want a pinch of something, just a speck, just a just a smidgen, just a crumb of um I guess reassurance or reciprocity from somebody and they won't even meet you a quarter of the way. Y'all, Lord have mercy. I have had to come to the realization that the only way that I could stay so nice and the only way that I could still try to be a good person in this world that is just so treacherous, that is just so wicked, is if I cut people off. Because I have a real bad habit of saying, If you just meet me a quarter of the way, I'll do the rest. So if you just give me 25, I'll give you 75. Y'all, people can't even meet you at the 25. (laughs) People can't even meet you at the 25. Like, if you can't even meet me at the quarter, man, I'm sorry. You have no place in my life. And that has made me feel so isolated at points. It's made me feel so, oh my God, am I the problem? And you know, y'all know people love to make me out to be the problem. But if you can't even give me 25%, what the fuck? What, what do you want me to give? You want me to give the 99 and you show up with the penny. It's, I can't do it. I can't do it, y'all. I cannot, I cannot, I shan't, I, I won't, like, I can't. I can't do it. I shall not. I can't. Because I'm not going to give so much more. Like, there's levels in everything. And I'm sure a lot of times my mother used to acknowledge, she used to feel like being a mother is a thankless job a lot of the time. It's hard. Y'all, it's so freaking hard. It don't even make sense. Especially if you're doing it by yourself. Especially if you got a wicked-ass baby daddy. Y'all, it's hard being a mom. It's hard being a mom in relationships because half the time the men feel like you're supposed to be the mother and they just, they do bare minimum and that's okay. I'm scared of being a mom, truth be told. Scared of it. There are so many women I know that are married and they're single mothers. I'm going to say that again. There are so many women that I know that are married and they are single mothers. I'm scared of the idea of really being a mom. I would want to have the best partner ever. And you could have literally the best partner ever. You could be so in love and then y'all get divorced and now you're still a single mother. Y'all know how easy it is to become a single mother or just a baby mama? 
You could you could get the ring, you could get the marriage, you could live in the house, you could be married for 12 years and turn around and be somebody's baby mama. Still. So it's just all just very it's a thankless job, man. And a lot of the time when you're still trying to work through your own traumas or not even work through them, you're trying to ignore them and cover them up so you could try to be as strong as possible to present this face to the world, present this face to your kids. And if y'all are hearing the pitter patter, I'm in my car right now and it's raining. Um, it's hard, man. It's hard. So I know that a lot of the times my mom was definitely given the 110 percent and we wasn't giving shit back because we were kids. We didn't really know. You know what I'm saying? And at a certain point, I started to really feel like I had to try to help my mom because it was like, oh, my God, I'm tired of hearing my mom cry. I'm tired of hearing my mom stress. I'm tired of hearing this. I'm tired of hearing that. I'm tired of seeing it like it was so saddening. It used to hurt my heart to see what my mom was going through. So after a while, I started to feel responsible for it. You know, like I started to feel like, oh, my gosh, I feel bad because even just the purpose of my being here on this earth, y'all, my father literally got my mother pregnant with me to slow her down from running away with my brother. That's literally my purpose on this earth. And he's told me this for many a years. <laughs> Every time tax return time came around, my mom would run off with my brother because she didn't want to be with my dad. So he got her pregnant with me to slow her down. And there were times where I felt like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I don't I don't want to cry. I feel like I don't belong here. I feel like I'm responsible for my mom's suffering. I feel like if I was just gone then life would be so easier for her. It would just be her and her son. And we wouldn't be struggling. You know? So, I definitely understood my mom's plight. It's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard when you don't have the support. It's hard when people try to give you support, but they have strings attached or they have disrespect attached. And people can only meet you as far as they are willing to acknowledge themselves. So when I would try to have certain conversations with my mom, she, she had that motherly amnesia, man. And when I try to have certain conversations with my dad, my mother, family members and stuff like that, they just say, why do you love bringing stuff up? Why don't you just pretend like it never happened? You don't have to talk about these things. You should, you should ignore it. You shouldn't tell anybody. You tell too much. But it's like you guys want to run around all the time and pretend like nothing ever happens. When are we going to get healing? When are we going to truly move past, move through? It's just this big ass elephant in the room all the time. And I can't take it. I feel the pressure of it. I feel it. It's too much. So when you reach the level on your journey where you've done so much self-help that you feel like you can't stop, I need you guys to tell yourself that you're still worthy, you're still good enough, that you can keep working on yourself, but you're good where you're at right here too. I'm not saying say you're good as in I just never try to um, get better at anything in my life. I'm just going to be stagnated. No, 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 no. But I need you to acknowledge that who you are in this present second, in this present time, 
is good enough. You're worthy of love. Remember that same love that your mom gives you. Or whoever in your life is that. Because everybody doesn't really have a good mom. Remember that same love that you feel like you receive without having to show up. Without having to overwork for it. Without having to prove your worthiness. Remember that love and give it to yourself. Keep working on yourself, man, by all means. But don't convince yourself that you will never be good enough. That you have to keep working because you will never be good enough. No. Keep working because you already know that you're good enough. And you want to be better. If you're not getting better, if you're not growing, you're dying. My mom died a week after her 47th birthday. If you're not getting older, then you're just dying. If you're not progressing, then you're just stagnant. You're just a rock. You're just sitting there in the same position. Holding on to the traumas, holding on to this, holding on to that. Compartmentalizing and just pushing through. There is no change. There is no evolving. Think of yourself like a flower. If a flower stops growing, stops, stops becoming something different, it's just dead, isn't it? So don't feel like your self-help journey should end because nobody else around you is willing to work on themselves or meet you where they're at. Or you get what I'm saying? Like sometimes their self-help journey, yours might come at 23, like I'm 23 right now. Yours might come at 23 and somebody else's might come at 32. And you can't be mad at them at it. Crazy part. You cannot be mad. But you can choose who you want to stay in your life based on like how they treat you, how they respect you, how they love you, how they educate you, what value they bring to your life outside of financial. Because I really want you guys to stop viewing people as just ATMs. Like I really want it to stop. I really want it to stop. Yes, somebody could bring financial contributions to you and bring like that assistance. Yes, but people are not just here for the intention. Just, oh, let me get this money. Let me get them. Like, y'all, people are people. People have value. People have feelings. But then again, y'all, from from perspective of somebody who was a stripper, child. Sometimes these people, they want to try to view you as just could a cat. Okay, then I'm going to view you as a wallet. <laughs> but no, really, on, on a serious note, on a serious note. Um, y'all, I just want you to keep growing. And I want you to acknowledge the fact that sometimes the people around you won't grow. And sometimes you have to let people go. Or sometimes you could keep them, but just address them accordingly. Because they're not willing to grow. They're not willing to acknowledge. So, you know, you don't got to be up in everybody's face all the time. But do what's best for you. And always remember that in the midst of this self-help journey, you are still good enough with all your traumas and all your other shit. But that doesn't mean you should stay that way. But don't feel like you're always seeking this better version of you to the point where the version that you look in the mirror right now isn't worthy. You're very worthy. Love you guys.